0: You need Indeed.
1: Hello friends, welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe joining you on a Wednesday night. It's about 10:15 several hours after the Dallas Mavericks third summer league game. Josh, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I always appreciate that you're willing to put up with my uh late night uh availability. Um 4:30 game is not
1: No. It's not right. not convenient at all. No, no. I'm the and, working and, man. Know. It's really funny you bring that up. I don't even think I've had a chance to tell you this. So I had lunch with our old boss Rebecca Gennaro. Or her husband John is a podcast producer over at Yahoo, and he and I were we're kind of talking about this sort of stuff. And I'd, I'd mentioned how, like you know, it's just like in the off season, we record late. Feels weird, but it's like what it really is is an extension of our regular season when these things happen late at night by default like we'd be ending a game right now it's just fine uh and and speaking of of games the Dallas Mavericks won a rock fight of a summer league game in overtime 98 to 96 I had it on I was watching as closely as one can watch a four thirty game while things are still going on in the household um I, I have a lot of things I think we could talk about and I don't I don't want to overanalyze this one. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that makes sense because there's definitely some definitely some takes you can make if you wanted to make them, but with some really you have to be very cautious. Very yeah. very cautious.
1: Yeah. I mean, my so so a win is good. The fact of the matter the matter is the Mavericks really kind of dominated most of this game, mm-hmm. which was a good thing right until they let the Warriors all the way back in it. And then Jaden Hardy played just a really atrocious, like five minutes of basketball. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not really any other way around it. And it happens. I I, I think we should sort of, I want to talk about the Hardy of it all, because I think today was a really interesting reminder, but I I want to follow up on, on that later, because obviously they did win. The win was important. Um, during the game, during the early part of the game, you and I were kind of talking about how uh Dallas Mavericks draft pick, Jaden, or I'm sorry, uh, Derek Lively, the second, was kind of, is just not doing it for us. And this is like first half. Uh, he ended up playing 30 minutes, 11 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks. But I will say it's like like one of my, my friends, uh, Samus Fendiari, who writes about the Golden State Warrior uh, and covers them for um, the Light Years podcast, texted me mid-game and he's like, what is it like to have a center who knows specifically what his <laughs> role is supposed to be? <laughs> and I've been thinking about that because I have not been particularly high or low on Lively. And I think the second part is way more important than the first part because being a, a big man is hard. You and I both know that we are former big men. No one gives a shit what a big man thinks because big men tend to be either prima donnas or, you know, just like very workmanlike. And I, I, I've been thinking about this in the several hours since the game and like what Lively has brought to this team over the course of summer league gives me confidence that he will actually play a pretty good amount for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, whether he's effective or not is a different story. But he brings a lot of the right attitude. He tries to do the things he's supposed to do, and I think that's a that's a value compared to some of the bigs we've seen. You know, the Javale McGee of it all, the stat hunting, block chasing bullshit. Like there's, you know, or Dwight Powell who who tries his ass off, but just doesn't possess the physical abilities to to like deny anyone at the rim. I I, I, I like Lively's play, and I don't know what it means for the NBA season past that I see. I see what the Mavericks see long-term
2: is Mm -hmm. is kind of where I am. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think expounding on what we were talking about earlier, I think there's like two, two things. One, I just going off what you talked about with Sam texted you. I think that's like really important. And it was like one of the things that jumped out to me, uh, his press, his, his post draft comments. Uh-huh. And I mean, you know, you can back me up on this, but there's not a lot of times a player picked in the you know twelve, top ten, top twelve, anywhere in the lottery. You don't normally hear them after the draft talking about how they can't wait to uh, set screens and rebound and be a rim runner. <laughs> and things like that, uh, especially from big men, um let alone like, lottery big men. Yeah, lottery big men are usually telling you about like how much their game can expand, and they got all this, and yada yada yada, and they've got a bag that they can't wait to show off, and and all that. And so it was refreshing. Like he knew, he knew right away, despite the fact that he was the twelfth pick, and that's a really, you know, that's a high draft pick. Uh, yep, really good draft. um At least, you know, that's what analysts said it was a good draft. So for him to be picked that high and still kind of have that mindset and not wanting to be more than what we think he could be, I think is very important. You know, you talked about JaVale McGee, remember Willie Colley Stein, you know, he had all the talent in the world and his years in the Mavericks was just, we lamented the fact that he just wanted to be a different player than he was. Um, He wanted to be a, he wanted to be a flashy, uh, a flashy player. And he, didn't do the dirty work as well. And so to have a draft pick that kind of already understands that, Hey, if I'm going to succeed in the league, I'm going to have to do the X, Y, and Z. And it's not necessarily going to be the stuff that gets me onto an all-star team or an all NBA team, maybe necessarily, but that's, that's refreshing. Um, so, so that part of it is fun. And then I've got to, you know, we well, sorry, you you were about to go. Well, say something. So,
1: and, and let that relight turn the light on in my room here. Um, The fact of the matter is, in a summer league game, there's opportunities for guys to go off script. CJ and Hardy. I've seen one time where I really thought Lively kind of lost his mind. He took a corner (laughs) three in the second game. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things, there's times where I wish he would have been a little more aggressive or I wish he would have, you know, I felt like a lot of times in the first three quarters against the Pistons, which is a previous game, he was sort of a rim escort in the Dwight Powell fashion, but... He was imposing against the Warriors, and the thing that I will say about just the the physical profile on him is he is actually this big. One of the things that can really be hard to see from television is what a guy's size is relative to the players around him, and also sort of what whether that size affects the game. And in, an, in a, a um, summer league setting, a seven foot one guy with a seven seven wingspan, he 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 affects the game. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm I'm really interested to see where they go from here. So uh, this is sort of along the same lines and I think it's worth discussing. Um, Tim McMahon and Brian Damaris, who was a former Dallas Mavericks employee now writes for D magazine and contributes to Valley Sports Southwest and also is part of the Mavs media team. Uh, he does the Take That With You podcast, had a like a discussion with Tim McMahon. Now, the the discussion kind of got misrepresented, I think, on Twitter, like both of them talking about what they felt like would happen with lively. I didn't take it as either one was reporting anything, but the discussion led them down the lines of well, he might spend some time in the G League. And that sort of set off social media panic because that's just what we do this time of year, which is perfectly fine. Frankly, it's fantastic fodder for us to discuss things. But I'll say after watching three games of him, if they're going to put him in the G League, they have to be dang sure he cannot contribute on a night-to-night basis in the NBA. And I'm sorry, with the other centers that they have, I just don't see any reason why he can't play. With this rotation. Like, I'm sorry, I love Dwight. Dwight sets screens. Dwight can't rebound, can't defend. Now, Lively can't set a screen to save his life. Like, it, the screen-setting element of this, and there's a lot of people, frankly, who who have never had to play high-level basketball. Screen-setting is an art. Rolling is an art. It is a ball handler and... Um, screens that are like simpatico, where you need to work together to figure out how to to get the best out of a given situation. A lot of NBA guards don't know how to use screens, and that's that I've seen on repeat. Which is how guys get offensive fouls. But hard this poor guy. Some of the things he does on screens are so like it's like insta offensive fouls. That's about the only thing that I I think he's going to have an immediate short term struggle with. I'm really. I don't want to say excited because how can you be excited about like some of the, like, just like doing the basics, but it's, I'm, I'm pleased with what I've seen. And I think that giving the right coaching and frankly playing with a lot better players, what might happen? I, you know, a lot of guys, you hear it on the, and again, I'm ranting, I'm sorry, but on, on the broadcast, you're like, well, what happens if he guards a a Jokic or an Embiid? He's going to get his ass kicked like every other fucking center in the league. Like, who cares on a night-to-night basis if he plays whatever Pacers center throws out there or whatever Orlando Magic center is out there? Who cares? I would rather see him play. Am am I just totally off-key?
2: No, no, that makes sense. Um, And I think a lot of people want to use the uh, Jaden Hardy development path and try to apply that to Lively. And I think there's a lot of, well, look what they did with Hardy. So they might... Wanted to follow the same path with lively, what's wrong with that? And of course the big difference is one was the 37th pick and one was the twelfth pick. There's just there's just different expectations there. Um yeah. so yeah, I would like to see him play. The thing that I've noted the thing that jumped out to me, and again, that's what kind of spurred our conversation in Slack earlier today. The thing that's jumped out to me is just how raw he is. And that's coming from someone I'll, you know, I'm self-admitted, you know, when we've done our podcast, I'm not a draft expert. I don't watch enough college basketball to feel like my opinion should be should be valuable on evaluating yep. these guys. That's why we have staffers that 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 we bring on this show and, and talk to and write on the site to talk about these guys. So uh, as someone that's very green watching lively, you know, you hear everyone keeps all the people that smart people we know is like, hey, he's really raw. You know, he didn't play a lot of Duke considering his, his pedigree. From high school and considering where he's getting slotted in the draft like he really didn't play that many minutes in college and I hear that and there's a difference between hearing someone tell you something and then actually seeing it and I was just a little taken aback by just like wow this is not that it's bad it's just like I there was a part of me that was like I can't believe they use the 12th pick on a guy that is this has this much to work on um in terms of you know maybe being a everyday NBA starter not to say that he's Again, not that I don't like the player, not that I don't think he's going to reach his potential. Actually, I mean, I think he will, and I think Summerly was pretty, uh, pretty promising in terms of what he's what he can do uh, when he learns the NBA game and he and he's and he gets more coaching and gets familiar with the game and everything like that. So it, it was just like I was just taking it back. I was like, wow, this you know for for Mavericks team that pretty much all the reporting, everyone associated with them was like they're going to trade this pick for a win now player. That's all we heard in May, late April, May, uh, and early June. That's all we heard was they're going to trade ten. They're looking for a win-now player, and yep. the fact that they took ten and they took a player that might be in the top out of the top fifteen picks, he might need the most development work. Oh, he does. I think yeah. That's so, fair. And then, yeah. and that's not again. It's nothing against him. He only played like nineteen to twenty minutes a game in college. It's just really hard uh, to to. To be able to, to go from that to the NBA. That's really tough. So yeah. Uh again, I was just taken aback by some of the things that you know, the rawness of it. But again, um, I feel like as soon as I made that comment, he had a monster block. He had like two more blocks. Oh, was very
1: good he, you didn't tweet he, that. No, very, no, no. I good. no,
2: I don't tweet anything anymore like that. I re- <laughs> I've retired from those type of tweets. Like I won't. I'll I know, I know, him. no, I know. What? I live vicariously through you, but there's no way in hell I was gonna tweet something like that because everyone would have just Ah uh, sure. shit down my throat. Um, so, but again, and then, you know, we had a really great game, and that just shows the talent. Um, yeah. The thing that I really like, and now I'm kind of rambling, is I think he's a lot more mature defensively than I expected.
1: Walk me through the why because you're uh-huh. you're ex- you're ex- exponentially better at explaining <laughs> this sort of stuff than I am.
2: yeah, well, and like when you see raw, when, like when people talk about uh, when they're like, hey, he's really raw, and he needs more time. I assumed he was following the path that a lot of bigs do. Like you said, like McGee and really call Stein, chasing blocks, uh, not being in a position to rebound because they want to go for the big block. Um, You know, not being able to move their feet, not being able to handle switches. Cause again, that's not something that guys see in college a lot with the way these college offenses are run. Uh, And they can play zone like in college, you can just, you know, you can play a little bit more zone and coaches like to run more zone in college. So um, I was expecting him to just be a little rough around the edges in terms of picking up the speed of. Again, it's summer league; it's not the real NBA. But in an I, NBA, I, I never feel like he's wonderfully out of place, though. He, right? Yeah. He, he. It never felt like he got a lot of bad beats, and you mm-hmm. usually see bad beats from rookies, no matter how talented they are. Um, like the way he handled Chet, like that was really impressive. Like his first summer league game, yeah. he pro- like Chet has been killing it in the summer league, and I think his only bad game in summer league has been against the mavericks and against uh, it lively. was really
1: when because he actually had a pretty good game against the Mavericks. Over, but yeah the only thing he did the plus minus when um lively was on the floor was drastically different it was right. just drastically different
2: right and so, you know obviously chet hasn't played an nba minute yet either but still like he's a much more highly valued prospect than than lively was and he's already got a year at least of being in a in a with an nba organization so that would impress me and like his ability to wall off the rim and press, like you know, he doesn't bite on things as much as I thought he would. Because and that's, and that's, that's an that's,
1: impressive skill. Who's the other big man rush. that the Mavericks have uh, um, on the summer league roster? Silva, who didn't play a minute today. Silva, who's like six eight, bites on every fucking thing. That got, like, <laughs> and that's why he stopped playing because he's just kind of he, he can't play defense. Um, and and like it's it's an interesting comparison point because Silva's kind of having to do more because he's smaller, but. The the staying on your feet and not getting worked, it's one of those things to where, and I don't want to disrespect the audience. I don't want to disrespect anybody because it's like I always talk about how basketball is an easy, approachable game. It's one of those things that if you don't know what we're talking about, you're just not going to see it. Uh, And maybe you'll see it next game if if you haven't seen it yet. But it's the sort of thing where it's like a, a guy not jumping. And McGee is a great example of a guy who just flies past dudes. Yeah. it matters over a 48 minute game over an 82 game season it, it's just important and it's a little thing that gets me and like here maybe it's just like like happy talk from me but i never do happy talk like i'm all i, I shit on everything it's kind of my mo and i just i find myself being like oh okay huh like right. there's there, it's just there's something there
2: yeah, and uh I think that explains why his rebounding numbers have been pretty good in these three mm-hmm. games. Cause guess what? If you're not uh jumping at the backboard, uh <laughs> it's easier to grab a rebound that bounces away from the rim because you're in position. Surprise, yeah. surprise. So uh his rebounding's been good, and I think that's because he's he's been sound near the basket. And um it's funny because like again, and he is and like people might be listening, like, Well, Josh, you just spent the first part saying how like raw and how much time he needs to develop. And for me, it's like it's more the other stuff like screen setting, offensive positioning, you know, some of that kind of stuff uh, well, that I think he needs more work on. Defensively, he might be able to contribute a little bit, like maybe not be a super huge plus minus guy. But I think he can give them something, uh, at least until he uses up all six of his fouls, <laughs> which also which his fouls next- have not have been pretty good in summer league, too. Right. I, 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 think he's I been agree. Okay.
1: I think he's been OK.
0: Um
1: All right, guys, do me a favor. There's 90 folks in here. Not a ton. Obviously, a July live stream at, at 1030 on a Wednesday. We appreciate those of you who are in here. If you could go down to the bottom and like that stream, you know, all 90 of you liking the stream would get more people in here. It'd be very helpful to us. Um, and if you could also consider going ahead and subscribing to the Pod Maverick show, be it on your uh um, YouTube application or, or through your podcast app. If you're listening online today, we passed 1500 YouTube subscribers, which is, you know, I know nothing compared to some of our peers in the space that have been doing this longer, but I'm very pleased by it and I'm appreciative. And I know Josh is as well as all of all of your support. Um, trying to think like a, a little bit, you know, more, I, one thing that, that is just sort of in my head is what happens when, basketball savants, Luka Doncic, and Kyrie Irving get to work with the big man. Because I don't know about you, but nothing helped me. You know, coaching is one thing. Coaching is important. But your peers or your, your teammates basically saying, this is what I want and what helps me is almost more impactful than a coach walking me through film and saying, hey, here's where, you know, you need to consider... Slipping the screen, you know, you need to hold this a little longer. You know, like Luca walking Derek Lively through what he would like to see out of an effective screen and roll is such incredible mentorship, and I, I, I just, I look forward to seeing what that means in a basketball sense. Does you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, for sure. And you ta- and you just talked about um a lot of NBA guards don't know how to use a screen. Uh, Kyrie and Luca definitely mm. know how to use screens, mm. so. Uh, that, that'll be one way for him to improve his screen setting is just playing with guards that uh, definitely know how to use one. And then, and then again, that's another thing um, that we want to see him play is because you talked about it how it's kind of like a symbiotic, the pick and roll is like a symbiotic relationship with the guard and big. You don't get that experience unless, unless you play and you know, what better person to play with than Luke or Kyrie. So he kind of needs, you know, not necessarily he needs to start, but, if his only minutes are coming with uh, Dante Exum and, and Seth Curry, no no disrespect to those guys. But I feel like you're leaving it's a different. little bit on the table. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just different. It's, uh, it's... I feel like maybe you're leaving a little bit on the table in terms of maximizing uh, Lively's potential.
1: Well, and and you know, just kind of while we're on the subject, there's a significant number of the online f- 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 potential of the online fan base that does not understand the Dwight Powell of it all. The Dwight Powell ability to know when to screen, slip, roll, all that sort of thing is why he got his third contract with the Mavericks. It's why it just matters. He's good at it. He can figure out what his teammates want and need from body language, from reading the rest of the play. You know, it's not just a point guard who's surveying the floor. Everybody else is expected to kind of have an idea of what's going on, too and and it's you know having smart players on the floor is a value and lively you know we had um, Nathan in the chat says lively always has his hands up and I feel like I'm being like really effusive but it's just man like I watch Eric Dampier in my life that man couldn't catch a nerf like, like a nerf football thrown at him he tried so hard he just couldn't do it lively has remarkable hands like really really good hands he some of the Mavericks, and and you know, I, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna dunk on Jaden Hardy at the end of this because I'm I've kind of I've kind of had my fill of the Jaden Hardy experience in the summer league. <laughs> he throws terrible passes, and Hardy has made him look great catching passes. Like, look, guys, Josh six, Josh is six seven six eight. I'm six three. If you're a big guy rolling down the lane, you have your big ass hands up in the air. And someone throws you a pass at your dick. It's annoying, okay? <laughs> There's a like, just move, and, and that's what happens to these guys a lot of times. Is you're throwing garbage bounce passes to a seven foot one guy's like mid thigh, and if he like actually catches the ball, which um, Lively has done on repeat, I find myself like cheering okay it's it's underappreciated it's undervalued it's one of those things i wish more people understood why it matters it's why luca is so good at ball placement Kyrie too Mm -hmm. i just i'm I'm really excited about what these guys can do with with him
2: no no for sure
1: talk to me about omax because this is the first time you and i have potted since we've seen them play um my first takeaway from Omax is that he is an enormous man. <laughs>
2: yes. Did that, that showed up in real life? Because that's my first impression, too. Uh watching him on TV.
1: I see all these weird comps that are like, Well, he's kind of like Dorian. Sorry, I've seen Dorian. Dorian is lanky. Dorian is kind of like a panther. This guy is a, like a brick wall. He is a big, strong man who I look forward to seeing like what sort of muscle he can put on because he's already enormous.
2: Yeah. That's the thing because, you know, having not really seen him play, you just have to look at the measurables and the measurables between him and Dorian on paper are pretty similar in terms of height and weight. Uh, Mm -hmm. Prosper beats him on wingspan though. Um, So it was really cool to, you know, you just assume in your head, okay, he's going to look like Dorian. And then you look at, you look at him on the court and he like, and, and again, these are guys that are dra- like, you know, not all these guys are NBA players, but there's first round, second round picks on the floor with him. And he's like dwarfing some of these guys uh, on the perimeter, which was really exciting. And I think the thing uh, that our man Logan Thompson, when I had him on before pre-draft, he talked about uh, Prosper. He said like his favorite game he watched of him was when he played against UConn and they put him on Jordan Hawkins, who I think got drafted 14th. To New Orleans, um, who's kind of like a, a movement movement shooter, uh, coming off screens and stuff, and they put Prosper on him, and he just chased him around screens and stuff. And like, you don't normally put your six eight uh, wing defender on, on a guy to to fight through screens and things like that, because you want maybe a more smaller, nimbler uh, perimeter player that can keep up with him. And Logan was like, I couldn't believe like how attached to him he was. It was it was one of Hawkins' worst games. Uh, at UConn playing against prosper and seeing that in summer, like obviously he's not guarding anyone at that level yet, but he stays, he is like glue on some of his assignments. Like when he is chasing, like he avoids the screener really well, which is like not common for guys his size. Uh, And that really impressed me. I mean, and that combined with the fact that like, it's hard to put into words, but his talent jumps out in a way that, it just didn't with Reggie or Dorian. And that's no disrespect to those players. But Prosper's just – his baseline talent level just leapt off the screen to me in terms of his athleticism, his size, um, the little ball handling he did show. Uh, he looked okay. His ability to to score uh, for what is supposed to be a defensive-minded player. Like, it that just jumped off to me in a way that, uh, you know – some of the wings we've seen in Dallas the last couple of years just didn't. Um, and it makes sense. Like, hey, he's a first-round pick. Like, Dorian, no disrespect again. He was a four-year college player, undrafted free agent. There's there's a difference between being an undrafted free agent and a first-round pick in terms of pedigree and talent. And I just see that with Prosper. Like, it just makes sense watching him. go. like, okay, that I, I see it. I see why everyone loved him. Uh, I see why the Mavericks had maybe, like, you know, when Nico – Talked about like, you know, hey, we had Prosper close to where we picked Lively on their board. And that might be mostly BS just to get a good soundbite after the draft to make it sound like you're really smart. But I can kind of believe it watching him on the floor, even though his box score production isn't necessarily uh, as impressive. But just watching him on the floor, it just just jumped out at me, uh, the talent he has.
1: So the the current blessing, and this will be interesting to see how long this works in an NBA season. I mean, it worked for Dorian Finney-Smith for like two years before teams actually picked up. But Omax plays in in one speed. (laughs) Like, really, he plays like really fucking hard and as fast as he can possibly go. Like, there's not a lot of control right now, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly on the offensive end. It hasn't mattered uh, because the guys he's playing against, he can largely muscle. Um, mm-hmm. He's not gone against any, you know, particularly interesting with just due to the, the matchups. It's not like he's gone against another primetime power forward or um, not power forward, just like like ball handling forward. So I'm going to be interested to see how that kind of pans in the regular season. But I find his play style very, very um, just I, I think he's going to have a field day with the <laughs> aforementioned Luke and Kyrie because he's moving. Yes. And I know a lot of the, the Maverick offense is predicated on Luca kind of doing what he does, but I still can't shake the notion and the hope that the Mavericks will incorporate a lot less dribbling and a lot more of the gravity of their best players, you know, without the ball. And I think if that's the case, like it's, it's, do you remember the old, um, Devin Harris? No, it was, it was like JJ yeah. Barea to Devin Harris play. Yes. Like I, I can Secondary
2: see break, backdoor cut.
1: I can see that sort of stuff with lively because Mm -hmm. lively just has a knack and the finishing, or at least, you know, our man Brian in the chat says the ability to drive and get to the line. I don't know if that carries over to the regular season because it's a different style play, but it's, he's trying it now. And I like it. The free throw is a horror, a horror show, but that's a different, we can figure that out over the next several years. I I'm, I just, I've liked it. I've, I've, I've really
2: liked his play. Yeah, I have to. Wait, what are you talking about? He's he was okay from the free throw line. Oh, today. he hit
1: one at the like heading into the fourth quarter that was off the front of the rim that looked like oh. a near air ball. Like I like my okay, I, I missed that one. My son watched it and goes, Daddy, what was that? I was like, I don't <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. Well, Things hey, happen.
2: he was eight to, he was of ten that so um I'll take that. I'll take if if one of the if one of the two misses are bad, I guess I can I could live with that. But yeah, and yeah. then you know, ten rebounds is nice, like um dirty secret about Dorian last season. Uh, was he regressed uh, a little bit on on rebounding? I think it was last season before he got traded. Sure, that was his worst rebounding uh, season in Dallas since like his second or third season. Um, so they need they need their threes and fours to board because Reggie wasn't getting boards and Josh Green wasn't getting boards uh, except for the occasional like offensive rebound, you know, off a of missed three. Um, so I like like you know Prosper's ability to to grab boards as well and. Uh, yeah, he's just a breath of fresh air considering what the Mavericks lacked last season, yeah. just knowing they have something like that, even if it takes some time, which honestly, I mean, we had to bet he probably plays more minutes than Lively next season if if you had to, who's going to play more of the rookies. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think like someone someone said like second team rookie. All rookie team, and I, I, I can see that just due to sheer like minutes volume, like the Mavericks are going to rely on him whether they want to or not. And yeah, I especially if the, this is
2: the roster going into training.
1: I also really think he's the kind of guy that Jason Kidd is just gonna love. Yes, like just gonna love him. Um, mm-hmm. so bef- there's a couple more guys I would just like to touch on real <laughs> quick. So there's the 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 guard out of Houston, um, Mr. Moore. I don't want to butcher uh, his first name. It's uh Ta- Taze taze Moore. here's the problem Uh, number one he's been so much fun like just so much fun he's probably one of the key reasons the mavericks won yesterday i don't he's four or five from the floor he does something interesting every time he's on the floor because he's just wildly supremely athletic compared to everybody else the problem is he's 26 Yeah. like i don't (laughs) and, and i don't i think he just graduated so it's like his he was story a five-year is,
2: college player, wasn't he? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: but he's still 26. I mean, is there, <laughs> <laughs> like he's a it's a fascinating story. And I I hope I like I hope he finds the right kind of home in a professional sense because he's a really fun basketball player. I don't think he's an NBA player, which is a little disappointing to me. Um, because I just I love vertical athletes and he's 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 valuable. Um who else here that was really fun? Uh, on, miles?
2: he's the one, who, he's the other guy who stood out to me. I think miles might
1: deserve like, here's here's, if you want an outrageous summer league take, I think Mike miles deserves one of the Mavericks two way, two way spots.
2: Doesn't he already have it?
1: Nope. I don't think so. Oh, cause there's I- Lawson. Lawson has one right now. Um, hmm. who's our guy that was injured today? Um,
2: uh, McKinley, Wright.
1: McKinley, Wright Has another one. I mean, maybe Miles is the third. I you'd think we'd know that running a Mavs website, but Mike Miles is the guy that I prefer over both those two, uh, because McKinley Wright is five foot eleven, and AJ Lawson is not good.
2: Yeah, Miles has a two way. By the
1: way, I just um, that's not fair to Lawson. Lawson just cannot hit a shot. Like he has been atrocious from the field, and he plays really hard. Okay, thank you, Luke. Miles does have a two way. Uh, he's just my favorite. He's my favorite of them. Yeah. He like like he gives me muscle hamster vibes. To be quite candid <laughs> with you, like who's another TCU player? Like I just like how hard he plays. I like his willingness to take a shot. It's it, there's just elements of his game where you could see him working with with better players and really producing.
2: Yeah, and uh, he made a his first three makes were all three spot up threes, and that's cool. And then the fourth quarter, he had some really really nice finishes around the basket. And I think that's something that our draft friends talked about is like, he's like, don't worry about that. Like, because you look at his size and you're like, is this guy going to be able to finish at an NBA level? And that was like the one thing people were like, don't worry about his scoring. And it's like, he's, he's got that in him. Um, he was really impressive going to the rim. He did He did and, botch
1: that. He did botch the thing that led to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, no. that
2: when they're up three and uh, he rotated off a three-point shooter. Just uh, the most Maverick the thing he could have done, if we're yeah, quite man. honest. So, like, he's already to the team. a Maverick. Yeah. Uh, only had one turnover in 25 minutes. Team yeah. uh, only had nine turnovers. That's yeah. not a lot for, for summer a league, Summer League team. We've seen some we've seen some sloppy summer league basketball before. Uh, so yeah, I just, I like that. Um, I had a hot take in Slack. I'm not going to repeat here. Um, Cause I don't want people to kill me, but I would, he looks like a guy that can, I would want to invest in. I'll just yeah. say that. And I, and when you look at the Mavericks roster, they don't need any more uh, small guards. Um, no. So do the math, but uh, I, I like him and, he was, you know, he fit, he's kind of like, I mean, it is funny. He's kind of like the Desmond May, Bain makeup. Cause it's like, uh, was he a four year college player or at least three, yeah. uh, you know, at a big school produces like kind of fitting that Bain profile of like, wait, why isn't this guy, uh, being drafted higher, or being noticed higher and you get him undrafted. So I'm glad they finally paid attention to the college that's 40 minute drive uh, away from their headquarters Turns out there's some good basketball players coming out of Rising there. Rising
1: power <laughs> five conference school. Like yeah. uh, like TCU is a, is a, is, is quite like, it's just funny. It's just, it's quietly become such an important college and the Mavericks are just like, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Um, I just, I like him and I hope he sticks with the two way and I hope that's someone you don't expect a lot from two ways. You're, you know, there's no guarantees, but I would, I would invest in him compared to some of the, Two ways I've seen the Mavericks give out the last couple of
1: weeks. I would too. Um Braxton Key, really, you know, he's national champion with Virginia. Interesting player. Doesn't doesn't really pan to be at least for the Mavericks NBA guy. Um yeah, Jelly Walker, he hit the one big three at the end of the first quarter. He's just like I he's so tiny. He plays so hard, but there's there's really not who much that, else.
2: Who was that really tiny guard the Mavericks signed? Man, it, it was like during the tanking years.
1: Imbo Walker, sorry, no, um. <laughs> I can't
2: remember. They got him from the G League. He looked like he basically is the exact same type of guard, um, yeah, that Jordan Walker was, and yeah, uh, yeah, I, he, I, I liked him as a as a flyer, but yeah, he hasn't really shown too
1: much. So, and then there's our guy, our guy, Jaden Hardy, um, second year player, drafted 37th, right last year.
2: Yes, 37. On a
1: trade with the Kings. So shout out to the Kings for continuing <laughs> to supply the Mavericks with, with good basketball players. Luka Doncic, Jaden Hardy, <laughs> uh all you know, but Prosper. Uh maybe Rashawn Holmes. We're about to see. I I wanted to be clear that I think with what the Dallas Maverick, oh, uh Faku Composa. That's really funny. Maybe that we've had so many small
2: guards. Thank you, Jason. No, it, it was like I don't want to give it too change, but it was like 2017. I can't remember his name. Uh whatever i'll think about it later the the the
1: jaden hardy of it all i think jaden's role with these dallas mavericks is going to be very very valuable i think what the dallas mavericks have him doing in the summer league is an extreme disservice to what he's going to be asked to do with the mavericks because he currently looks like I don't know. James Harden run through a fax machine twenty five times. He takes a lot of shots. He makes the occasional pass and he's not that effective. Like he's kinda like it's not that he's been bad. It's that he's Mm. been mundane. I I mean kind of bad. He's (laughs) been kind of bad.
2: I think outside of the first game. And obviously, like he he had a good second half against the Sixers, but
1: no, he had a good fourth quarter. That was all. Yeah. I was yeah. right there in the front row. Like when his body language and 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 kudos to to Summer League head coach Jared Dudley for calling the bad thing a bad thing, two games in a row, he's been like, "This dude uh. <laughs> which has been pretty refreshing because nobody actually says that sort of stuff. But I just I'm not impressed with with hardy. i I think that the role that the Mavericks have him in, which was essentially, go shoot some threes and make the make the scoring play is a really good role for him. He's not a good playmaker, he's not a good defender, or he's not he hasn't shown good defender. I think he has the tools to be a good defender, but he frankly lets his offense affect his defense.
2: Yeah. Um first game 8 of 18 from the floor. Second game, 5 of 17, and today against Golden State, 6 of 19. Real bad. Um, and then in free throws, he was 8 of 15 today, um, which was really weird. Uh, he's, he was good the previous two games. So I think the thing for me is that I think you can kind of, depending on how you feel about Hardy, you can probably make your case. Like you said, He's playing a role he's not going to play in the NBA. And we saw that in summer league last year and the yeah. G league before he got drafted that once he started playing, once he played like an off ball shooter role, he looked much, much more comfortable. And when he's ever been tasked with being like the lead guard is when he's, when he struggled, Save for, I guess, when he did his second G league stint last year, he, he did pretty good. Uh, yeah. Obviously um so i can see that part of it where it's like these games don't matter uh because he's not going to be they're not mavericks aren't going to be asking to run a ton of pick and rolls he's going to be playing off ball uh next to one of luca or kyrie and that's fine because you know he is a good shooter um glass half empty is that's fine if that's what he is um like that's a totally worth the 37th pick in, the, in a draft yeah. like if he doesn't get any better than an off ball off yeah. ball shooter score but we we do, you know, I think these summer league games, like what's the thing about summer league? He's don't take too much from it. But like the one thing is second year guys, if they're not standing out, that can be, that can be, I want to emphasize, can be, not is, not will be, can be a red flag. I would, um, yeah.
1: And and the reason I don't think it's a red flag is because this isn't the, the role he's going right. to play. I, but, I, I sort of find it like a net. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, no I was just going to say, My, my, to finish my thought was the glass half empty version of that. Like, okay, this isn't going to be his role in the NBA. There are definitely a contingent of the fan base that thinks his role in the NBA could be greater than that six man or off ball shooting scoring guard. And I will say if the hope is for Jaden Hardy to eventually be a starting level, like lead guard in the NBA at some point in his career, um, it is concerning. I'm not saying like, you know, again, nothing against him necessarily, like I'm not out on Jane Hardy, but you have to admit it is concerning that he cannot create separation against summer league talent. And that's well, he that couldn't, he couldn't in the NBA. Now. He couldn't so, in the NBA. Yeah.
1: And, and right. the thing that I found, I don't want to say it's like heartening, but like there have been all sorts of the Mavericks aren't considering trading jaden hardy or josh green that was never on the table folks put them on the table they're guys they're not bad they're not good they're they're guys they're rotation ish nba players that benefit from playing with one of the best players in the nba this this isn't rocket science also here's the real thing just kind of like after the mavericks traded for kyrie irving when jaden hardy played The Mavericks sucked ass. Those two things are, like, you might not want to say correlation causation. I think that's fair. I don't want to, like, assign that to him, but I'm just saying, like, maybe in terms of how we think about these players, there's not a ton wrong with him getting sort of taken down a rung or two.
2: Especially, like, the hype was really, like, you know, Dudley himself was like, this is going to be his big, like, this summer league is all about Jaden Hardy and I think the, the fan base got really gassed up and I think they were expecting him to kind of put yeah. on a show and he didn't. And that's unfortunate for him because maybe that's not fair. But it's a lesson. Right. And, and it's, learn things from it. Yeah. And it, it like I said, it's just this summer league performance doesn't change anything about how I think he's going to contribute to the team this season. Yeah, But I think it is affecting maybe my long-term projection on the type of player he could grow into. And I hope that's not even being, you know, I'm trying not to be too harsh, but it's no, just, again, if yeah. if we're watching guys that aren't haven't their first, this is their first summer league appearance that are creating separation and creating offense unto themselves and being efficient, like, you know, Keontae George with the Jazz uh, <laughs> pick. Like, you know, so Hardy not being able to do that isn't necessarily like a knock in terms of like, he's not going to be able, like he's going to contribute to the Mavs this season. But it's just like, Maybe he's not going to be that guy that like all, you know, maybe he's not going to be an all-star type player I see or a, a guy that it. can run your offense. Uh, you know, when Luke is off the floor,
1: there's I see like four comments that are like Hardy could start for another team. What team is there a team in China you're thinking of like Europe where they play very different systems. Like again, he's a, a seventh or eighth guy on the Mavericks and the Mavericks were stinky. <laughs> just putting that out there like the the fact that he has an ability you know i'm not saying he's bad because like 39 percent on three-point shooting once he got volume is probably his most efficient element and what i really hope he gets to do this yeah. season with the dallas mavericks but let's just be real. it's just, you know, the ability to, the, the heart, the, what'd you say? The Dudley of it all, I think it's pretty important because Dudley gassed him up and was like, this is his time to shine. And I'm sorry, guys, he's not shot over 40. He's not shot over 45% from the field. I wouldn't be, I've not done the math here, but I'm pretty like, we're, we're inching pretty close to him, not shooting over 40% from the field. Like I, I can't do the that, that math real quick in my head, but it's
2: yeah.
1: it's not good.
2: It's yeah, not good. I see, see a commenter, CMax, saying, "I don't eye a guy's career, entire career, off three summer league games." I'm exactly.
1: Not, you're you're. I'm fair. not doing
2: that. I'm not doing. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying, it just. I'm tapping the brakes a little bit, and yeah. it just concerned me. It's not necessarily. I was saying, ready
0: to slot
1: He's him not going to be that.
2: that. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just a thing that I'm going to have to note. Thinking about his his potential, so, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll we'll see. Like again, yeah, he's he's young. He could turn into any i mean he's still malleable what? enough that he could turn into something so.
1: will you do me a favor so so cmac also notes josh green led the league in three-point shot before he got hurt and before austin reeves made josh green one of his children and before jason kidd put josh green on the bench but will you talk about josh green's true shooting percentage and the trend you noticed the other day because i laughed out loud at this last night it's just one uh, of my funniest- can i
2: hear filibuster a little bit so i can bring up his so I can get his numbers.
1: It's when I watch this sort of stuff, I really wish Josh green would have played summer league because like Josh green point, Josh green in the summer, I think would have been a whole lot of fun because of Josh's like willingness to pass. There's just all sorts of, of interesting stuff um, with that. But, but did you find it?
2: Yeah. So rookie season 49 true shooting percentage, second season, true shooting. So this is all true shooting percentage, by the way, which is if you're, if you're unaware uh incorporates field goals, uh, threes and free throws to try to give them like equal weighting in terms of their importance. Um, So true shooting percentage, rookie season 49 Um, sophomore season, second season 57.8, which is already like, that is great. Um, And then last season, 64.5, which is like, if he played, like that would be a number if someone like started and played every game would be like we near the top of the league uh in terms of efficiency. Just so, absolutely yes. hilarious. Yes. Uh and again, so if you I made the joke if he follows this trend, he will be at 90% uh by the time he's 25 um, or 110% by yes. the time he's 28. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the stonks are going up with him. Uh Ooh. so yeah, uh and who knew I no one no one would have said that after his rookie season. So uh yeah, we'll see. Do we have a Jelly Walker stand? In we the, do. I like the, this gentleman. He's
1: he's saying I would he did talking about yeah. Um, I I've had no issue with Jelly Walker. He's he mm-hmm. he injected them with some real energy in game two. Um, him him and more were were primarily why the Mavericks got back on track, but it's it's tough, like like being a small guy in the league, you have to be exceptional at a number of different things, and it's Maybe he'll he will get is- a chance in the fourth game. I would honestly, at this point, I would rather see the Mavericks play some of these guys we haven't seen as much in real, in, in comparison to say like a Jaden Hardy, um, just to see what we got.
2: I'll say this: Jelly uh, Walker definitely has more juice than McKinley Wright. <sighs> and I like Wright, but it's just yeah, he's I like, like a floor
1: general, and he like shoots little floaters. He can't shoot from distance. He he Wright is a, a player. Add turnovers.
2: Wright is a player that was born uh, in the wrong era. He has like late '90s, early 2000s NBA point guard <laughs> written all over him. Uh, yeah. Like, well, God. well,
1: but so, that's what summer. That's what makes summer league so interesting. Is like you see these guys that are so freaking unbelievable at basketball, like top 1,000 players on planet Earth. Yeah, like type stuff. Only there's 450 NBA slots, and what are you gonna do? it's just the the dividing line between some of this stuff is so so minuscule and certain guys get shots at the right time like there's a guy um Sharif Cooper who I've watched for several summer leagues he's like the ideal summer league guard he just he just can't make it in the NBA because he can't really shoot um it's it's just the tiniest things make the biggest difference yeah for sure I don't know. I've liked watching these summer league Mavericks. They've oh, got yeah. some, they've got some pretty good players. Um, it's, it's talking about the, these different two ways. I'm going to be curious to see what the Mavericks actually do. See if they manage to keep any of them for, um, you know, for their, for their G league team or if they're, you know, able to, to pick them up on uh two way, two way plans. I mean, I don't really have, I don't really have firm takes on who I would love in the two way spots because I think if you like start worrying about the two way spots, then your team's already garbage.
2: <laughs> yeah, and those well. are just those are your dart third developmental dart third Right, so to speak. Right. So yeah. You don't necessarily want those guys playing a lot. Um, I feel like we can I don't wanna is there anything anything else you wanted Because I, I wanna I,
1: I like arguing with our commenters. Yeah. The
2: <laughs> I wanted to, this is your first podcast since you're back from Vegas. I know you did one pod while you're out there. I know you know hotel internet is uh is not the best so i just want to ask you like how was how was the trip any any anecdotes that you feel are appropriate to share um, it's 50
1: minutes in. nobody's gonna listen to this so i'll share this story <laughs> okay heading out of the third game in the small gym in the small gym it's like incredibly crowded and like getting in and out can take upwards of like 15 to 20 minutes i see tim cato wandering out onto the floor tim cato shave your mustache friend Um, I walk out on the floor with him and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cut across the floor. And so as I cut out across the floor and I'm trying to get through, I spot Coop, Chuck Cooperstein, shake his hand coming up right behind me, Mark Cuban. Now, as we're trying to get out of the gym, it's like influx outflux to like a double door of humans. The the staff basically tries to redirect human to the elevator, which requires him crossing a bunch of people, which means them stopping a bunch of people. He doesn't hear them, and barrels into me from behind and nearly tackles me. And <laughs> strong but lifts like grabs me around the waist and pulls me from falling flat on my face with like my computer and all this stuff because like he it was like he hit me like like from behind like it wasn't on purpose. It's just like there's so many people and. I just it just tickled me to pieces cuz uh, I I didn't know who hit me and I was like, "Oh, hi Mark. Did he, did he recognize anyway, you?" No. No, <laughs> he didn't even know he hit me from behind. Was, that would have been much funnier if he did. Yeah. Um uh, but there was, you know, seeing lots of interesting people, um like the 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 fun part, like I met a number of our fans, uh which was really cool. I really cannot encourage any of you who are remotely interesting to go to Summer League. It doesn't matter if you go in the middle of the week or the, the beginning of the week is a little more hot. But I mean, even today, like Coach K showed up at the game along with Steve Kerr. Like there are people at every stinking game. There's stuff to do to do in Vegas. They had this weird thing called NBA Con, <laughs> which I decided not to write about. because. It was, but they, they should make it free. But it was an interesting attempt at like kind of a convention for NBA stuff. Um, I just... I always have fun like Vegas, is such an odd town to go to <laughs> uh, you. You've mentioned how you're disdained for, which I don't blame you, but it's, it's the two gems running games back to back to back being there for the Wemby game was really something else because there was like a palpable sense of, Oh no, when it comes to this guy um, that said, I, I think people are really drastically misunderstanding what he brings to the court. Like his man kept running to the corner and he would just kind of stand at like the short corner, maybe a few steps up from it. And it was like Champ Bailey with the Broncos. Nobody came to that side of the floor. Just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't matter. Um, I, I, Scoot Henderson is a, is a, and him and, um, uh, what, uh, Amen Thompson, Amin. who was a guy I loved all year. Those two are men. <laughs> I, I, the NBA is just, just a, just a wash and real talent. I, I, I couldn't be more excited to watch the league this
2: year. Yeah. And your boy Anthony Black, uh, Coppell's, Coppell's really good. Looked, has been looked really fun. Did oh, you get to watch him? Cause I know he's I, your boy. I did. And
1: he okay. was pretty, pretty amazing in Summer League. Like he's just his body type is so interesting in person. His hair is so big. It sometimes makes him look like a bigger person. I will <laughs> say the one really interesting thing that I saw in person, I've never seen Kyrie Irving up close. And I outweigh him by like 45 pounds. I mean, I'm 6'3, 200 if not more, I know, I'm about six three two forty. two forty Um, he is my height, but he is so slender and muscular. When you consider his size compared to what he does on the floor, it actually makes his, his play that much more impressive. Um, and really the longevity of his career with kind of his play style, which is so, um, I don't know what what herky-jerky like he he, he absorbs a lot of contact he takes crafty. a lot of punishment yeah crafty and so it's just seeing him up close was was something else because i i just i don't go to a lot of games uh and and particularly the media sessions because it's not really my thing um and and it was it was just it was it was neat to see some of these some of these guys up close um Kyrie, uh, uh not Kyrie maxi and tim hardaway right now have the most lush enormous <laughs> beards like enormous beards like it was just it, it was it was really spectacular i i i don't, I don't know why I, I focused on that but i saw it and sent it to my wife and and she, she was just like you should try that i'm like i don't think i could keep it that that maintained so
2: uh speaking from experience it does get uh, a little uncomfortable um you gotta clean it mm-hmm. you gotta make sure like not just like you're when you're taking a shower you gotta like i have specific beard so mm-hmm. uh so you gotta be diligent uh, yeah. I guess the only other thing I want to ask is: so you're obviously you're probably I know you're mean. You're I always joke you are the NBA shadow broker. Um, if there's any Mass Effect fans in the chat that might understand that reference, but uh, talking to your your media pals, did they give you any impressions on you know lively or prosper or just any kind of you know kind of what was the hot goss or any any good. Uh, Tidbits or analysis? Or- a number
1: of my a number of my media friends, particularly people who have hated on the Mavs' path, were sort of reluctantly like they did as good as they could given the fact that they tanked to get the tenth spot. Um, that was sort of the 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 echo that I heard. Um, I, I I think that the games played element of a lot of of what's going to happen with these NBA awards is going to matter a great deal to how certain teams perform. Um, I think the Mavericks stand to benefit a lot from basically rest. I don't want to say rest is no longer a thing, but for a 24-year-old in Luka Doncic, I don't think he's going to want to rest too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to seeing what the Mavericks are, are, are kind of able to, to do this year. I, I do think that a lot of team some national people feel that we're overemphasizing um, the Grant Williams of it all, which. I think it's more for defensive purposes that we're into Grant Williams. Cause it's not like the Mavericks need scoring the Mavericks need like, like savvy and defensive presence. And you know, it's, it's not like, they need guard help. They need, you know, stuff along the wings and the front line. And and I'm looking forward to seeing what what the Mavericks do there.
2: Yeah. I remember I'm shocked. It didn't cause more of a tizzy on, on Mavs Twitter because they certainly went after him when he made that comment. Zach, I'm talking about Zach Lowe. And he made that comment about, like, hey, I am tired of talking about the Mavs. Uh, that got Mavs Twitter very riled up. And I didn't really see much his podcast uh, earlier in the week, where uh, after the Williams trade, where he was like, I love this Mavs offseason, but I don't think they're a playoff team. And I'm shocked that that didn't get more people, the Mavs Twitter fired up, because that's probably the more. The over under on be. the
1: Mavs is going to be really interesting yeah. to follow. I certainly think that's the case for sure. So. Well, Did yeah, we s- time. Yeah, I mean, I I I I always do. I figured out mm-hmm. which hotel I think I want to stay at if I keep going. Um the, did you stay, stay uh, right, it's, it's the Virgin, which was formerly the Hard Rock Hotel, and okay. it's right across the street. One of the things Vegas is apparently hosting an F1 turn uh a mm-hmm. race later this year, and so they're repaving all the roads, and it was just like, Oh my gosh, what is going on here? It's the last thing, last thing mm-hmm. they need is road work and mm-hmm.
0: that's
1: yeah and and that that really impacted stuff but you know saw fans throughout the city saw some incredible incredible jerseys Um, that's
2: one of my favorite parts
1: i just i i cannot recommend it enough because even though the tickets feel like they're expensive you go in and you can watch seven games if you want you can watch one game you can go to the pool you can come back you (laughs) can go out to eat like it's it's incredibly hot and expensive but it's it's I just have I have fun with it in in the uh, you know I look forward like my son's seven in twenty twenty eight uh, right before the Mavericks fall off a cliff for whatever reason I look forward to going to you know trying to take him to it when he's like ten or twelve lots of small families this it's just it it's it's the closest you can get to to being near some of these players like these guys just walk through I mean I've told the story several times how in like twenty nineteen. I saw Popeye Jones, um, who was an assistant coach for somebody at the time in the media section. I went up and talked to him and showed him a picture of me because my mom had sent it to me. And I've just held it because it's hilarious of he and I, uh, the week he got traded from the Mavericks to the Raptors because I was at his summer camp. And it was during a commercial and he lets out this belly laugh of like, oh, my God. Because it was just such a random ass thing. And, you know, you can, it's, it's all these guys are approachable and kind. The NBA is great. It's also just, it's, it's, it's a great place to, to just get a feel for, for, uh, you know, what new referees are coming and what kind of players might, might be good. It's, 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 I'm going to be, ple- you know, if, if when Minyama turns into like a Hall of Famer, I'll be able to say oh, I was at one of his first NBA games. I think that's cool. That's
2: pre- that is pretty cool. That's very
1: cool. Well, we're now we're in. Um, I think we'll probably record after the Friday game if, mm-hmm. You know, make no promises though because guys like we're hitting our all our own off season fast, and we're all kind of like we need a little bit of a of, of a break before we rev back up in September and October. Lots of mav stuff's going on, I'll figure out some stuff during content, but if we don't record, don't hold it against us please uh hit that subscribe button, I'll try to start planning out some shows i I have some interesting ideas of things that are not off season related that are more you know long term Mavs fan stuff, but um guys, thanks so much for for hanging out with us on a on a wednesday night everybody be good we will talk with you guys soon and go Mavs.
0: thanks man i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast